Welcome one, welcome all, and welcome back to Conversations with the Mind, folks. You are in the right place. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to first start off by saying thank you to all of our listeners. You guys are the reason that we do this whole thing in the first place. So thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen. The listenership continues to grow every week, and we are enthralled by the growth that has happened so far. And largely, that is because of all of you telling your friends and family about the podcast, sharing it on your social media when you see us post either YouTube videos or our podcast audio. Please, please, please continue to like and share all of our stuff that we share on there. Get it out to your friends and family through word of mouth, through social media, through email, however you can. Also, if you find the content of this podcast at all useful, please feel free to donate to the podcast. There should be a link at the bottom of whatever podcast app you're listening to. So you can donate to the podcast in any amount. It can be from 50 cents, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you want. We've had some... uh, Contributors come in and and throw down some um, hefty donations in the past, which has helped us to upgrade some of our equipment. But we're looking to upgrade our audio equipment next. That means microphones, soundboards, things like that. And uh, most of our upgrades have been directly out of pocket, which we don't mind doing. Like I said, this message is for you guys. This is why we do it. It was for you guys. But if you find it at all useful, it can be beneficial to your own karma to give and donate to a cause that you find worthy. So if you find that this podcast has benefited you in any way, uh, has provided value to you and your life in any way, or to the value of your loved one's lives in any way, please feel free to donate and show your appreciation for the content, for the guests, and for the work that we put into the podcast. So please donate. But the best way you can support us is by liking and sharing. So make sure you go to our YouTube page as well. Go to the Mind Ops YouTube page, and it's spelled just like it is on the website, M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S dot com. I tell you what, guys, it was super fun to create my website, and um, I love all the little features that I put on there, all the videos, uh, all the links to the podcast, um, all the sections on uh, psychotherapy and things like that, and and keep going to the website. There's going to be more and more updates to come. We're going to have loads and loads of content, uh, all useful and free stuff on there. And you can also reach out to myself or to our guests through the website as well. So mind-ops.com. Go to the comments section and leave whatever comment or question you may have. So please go to the YouTube page. The Mind Ops YouTube page, like I said, it's spelled M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S dot com. And on that YouTube page, we have a variety of things. I've put up the uh, videos of some of these podcast episodes, as well as a number of um, videos that I've shot just kind of breaking down some of the content that we talk about on the show. And I've also created a number of playlists on there, so feel free to explore the playlists on the YouTube page. Uh, Some of the playlists that I've put together are are fascinating, for me anyway. Um, I've probably categorized hundreds of different uh, interesting videos from topics like psychology to philosophy to quantum mechanics to uh, philosophy of mind to psychedelics to uh, lectures from famous uh, people. So check out the playlist folks Um, check out the little categories that we have there and if anything interests you during the show feel free to go check out the playlist chances are I've I've already put something up uh, on there to to help 
broaden your understanding and knowledge on some of these topics. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome back to the show. And now a word from our sponsor. Conversations with the Mind podcast is sponsored by MindOps.com. You can find us at www.mind-ops.com. We're an eclectic counseling company providing mental health and mental performance services to individuals, small and large groups, teams, businesses, military, through face-to-face sessions or at a distance using phone or confidential video chat apps. We bring a unique Buddhist Western lens and specialize in general psychotherapy for all mental difficulties, sport and performance psychology for performance enhancement, addiction counseling for any maladaptive or destructive habits, and psychedelic integration therapy to make the most from your visionary medicine work. We are available as well for corporate workshops to address the needs of your employees' wellness. And now to the good news story. Greetings and salutations, fellow mind explorers. This is Shane with Conversations with the Mind, and I want to welcome you all back. This is our good news story for the day, found at thegoodnewsnetwork.org. And the title of the article reads, Inmates will be comforting anxious shelter dogs throughout the 4th of July fireworks. Now, I am recording this on July 6th, so this article is two days old. And um, so this has already happened, but this is pretty amazing stuff. Um, Not only are, um, you know, this happened down in Florida, not only is the sheriff's department uh, setting up this program between the local animal shelters and inmates in their prisons and jails. uh, No, it says just the jail, Brevard County Jail. Um, But not only are, are, uh, is this program helping the shelter dogs, um, relieve some of their anxiety around, you know, the loud noises and the fireworks. But also, uh, there's been lots of studies and lots of programs that show significant benefits uh, for inmates as well uh, when they're paired up with dogs. And uh, let's see. So it says, uh, the sheriff says, our goal is not to o- not only to help calm the dogs, but also to help build and instill a sense of purpose and compassion in the inmates that will hopefully aid them as they transition back into society once they've served their time. Now, um, there's been like a TV show before. Some of you guys might have seen it called, um, what, Pipples and Parolees, something like that. Uh, that shows really good results, you know, pairing up um pairing up dogs with uh, inmates who have shown that they can, you know, handle that. Obviously, we don't want to give uh, dogs to people that are going to abuse or hurt um, the dogs, but um, oftentimes this bond uh, between a pet and an inmate can be one of the most fruitful bonds that these people have in their lives and can help to help them uh, rediscover and reintegrate back into society and help them... Uh, informing future relationships with other people. And this uh, this article hit me particularly personally because my own dog, uh, Ty, my little Ty Ridgeback um, mix, he is deathly afraid of uh, fireworks noises. Um, anytime that they go off, he'll just start barking and wailing in the house. So uh, we actually went home before the fireworks this year and uh, helped console him because uh, we knew it was coming. So this article really hit home, and I think it was really cool that that we're finding um, 
sort of dual purpose uh, benefits from some of these programs. Um, it's not just helping the dog, it's not just helping the inmates, but it's mutually beneficial. And I think if we can, you know, the more we can do that, the better, you know, the more uh, aspects of um, our actions that can be mutually beneficial between parties, I think that's going to breed more and more positive uh, programs such as this. So very good story, made my heart uh, feel really good, especially um, knowing that my own dog goes through some of this stuff. So the conversation with my mind recently, and this is an interesting one, I had this question in my mind, you know, and the question was, you know, what drives us as human beings? And it's an interesting question, I feel. Um, And there's some standard answers, uh, which we'll get into, and some not so standard answers. And I want you all to, to think about this question, too. What drives you? What drives you forward in this life? What drives you to do the things that you do? What drives you to do the things you don't do? Um, And especially when we know, when we don't know uh, for certain where our pursuits are going to lead us or where, you know, these pursuits in this human lifetime, you know, we don't necessarily know where they're going to lead us and where we're going to land almost on on the cosmic scale. So, Sometimes we can predict, you know, what our, where our pursuits are going to lead us. So if I uh, if I take up a new sport and I pursue it with vigor and and focus and I uh, do my due diligence and put in my hours, I know that my pursuit is going to lead me to uh, some defined place, some success, maybe some league, something like that. Uh, same thing with career. If I choose a career path, I have some predictability in where it's going to lead me and where I'm, where I'm going to end up. So sometimes knowing where we're going to end up or having an idea of that helps drive us forward, helps get us through the tough times, help motivate us to even get started in the first place, just knowing that it's going to end. Um, but we don't always know for certain where our human pursuits are going to land us on the cosmic scale. So, you know, this gets into things like karma and, um, you know, reincarnation and future lifetimes and things like that. And in Buddhist belief systems, you know, there's a definite carryover from your pursuits and your accomplishments and the things you do uh, and the things you think in this lifetime carry over karmically into future lifetimes and can affect those lifetimes, uh, can affect this lifetime that you're in. But on that cosmic scale, you know, sometimes that can be difficult to think about, especially since we are sort of limited um, physically to our one human lifetime this time around uh, and we don't necessarily have knowledge of previous or future lifetimes uh, it can be really difficult to understand like how are my choices today and my drives today and my pursuits today how are those going to help me or harm me um, after this life you know because we don't know we don't know for certain where we go after this life we don't know for certain uh You know, if we go to other realms, other dimensions, other um, lives, if we're reborn in the past, present, or future, we just don't know. And um, so this is where a lot of faith and hope and things like this this can come in. And um, it can be a confusing question. So I ask you guys to to ask yourself this, you know, what, what drives you? And when I thought about this for a little while, what came to mind was that there were, 
you know, there were surface level drives and there were deeper level driving factors that, you know, that drive me in my own life. And some of the surface level uh, factors that I see driving me day to day, as well as driving other people that I come in contact with, um, and these are things that I try and minimize day to day. So surface level things are uh, things like money, power, success, fame, accomplishment. All these things are surface level drives or um, inspirations. These things on the surface inspire us to get up in the day and go to work. They inspire us to um, make certain decisions for ourselves and our families um, when it comes to you know, sacrifices we make for more money or a better position at work or uh, power and influence over others. Okay, These are all surface-level things. And I say surface-level because um, they are primarily trapped within this, uh, this realm of uh, human experience as we experience it in this lifetime. Okay. Now the, and, and really, um, you know, drawing from my Buddhist, um, background and my Buddhist understanding of the world and of the universe, all these things, money, power, success, fame, accomplishment, these really just reflect our own ignorance as to what reality really is. Right. So when we are pursuing some of these surface level things, um, it's almost like we're temporarily blinded from the truth, from the reality of what this uh, existence really is all about. It's not about getting that $100,000 job. Guarantee you that. You know, humans were around long, long before any of these jobs that any of us have uh, even existed. So none of these things that we put so much importance on today, none of these things in my mind really have much to do with... Um, the true purpose of our experience here in this reality and it's it's just a it's a reflection of our ignorance when we when we place so much emphasis on achieving these surface level drives okay or that we focus on them as our pure motivation to keep going so then in this other class that i was thinking of this other class of um of drives are these deeper level drives and these drives i believe are more on the cosmic scale of things so they they do influence us in our day-to-day human lives and this lifetime um and i feel that they're more tied or tied more closely to what actual reality probably is uh and what our purpose in this universe really probably is and again um, i'm just speaking from personal experience i don't have any absolute answers but this is what my experiences have been and on the deeper levels uh, I think the things that drive us are things like love you know love will drive us to do any number of things to share uh, love with others and to receive love Um, that's one of the the purest forms of expression and feeling that we can have also fear Um, you know fear drives a lot of things drives a lot of behaviors unfortunately and you know, this can have some serious, serious karmic effects in this lifetime. If we live a fear-driven, fear-based life, how many opportunities are we missing out on because we have just been too fearful to take the first step? Um, How many, you know, missed friendships do we have just because we're afraid to go up and talk to that person uh, that we think is interesting? So fear is also a deeper level of drive that drives a lot of a lot of things, um, and I think influences us 
after our physical body is gone too, uh, both love and fear. Um, other things that are that operate on the d- deeper levels, things like personal challenge, um, challenges in life that come our way. Do we rise to the challenge or do we shy away from challenge? Um, challenge for me personally drives me forward. If there's a challenge in my way, a challenge uh, right in front of me, you know, I I like to rise to that challenge because it helps me grow. And I know that about myself. I know that I'm going to come out of that uh, stronger, um, you know, with more knowledge about myself. And that leads me to, you know, another thing, a, another deeper level drive, which is curiosity and having questions about ourselves and about the nature of reality. I think that's a deeper level drive beyond the everyday menial tasks, uh, going to work, um, you know, going to the gym, anything like that. Beyond that is, or maybe below or, or, you know, woven within it is this deep curiosity uh, to discover ourselves and discover our true potential and discover what we're here for. And we have all these questions like, what am I capable of? What are my potentials? Why do I not want to go to the gym today? Why do I do want to go to the gym today? So some of these deeper level drives and, um, you know, Topics, I think, are really important for us to consider, you know. So think about this for yourself and ask yourself, what drives me? And are these things surface-level drives? Are these things, um, are these these drives that are pulling me forward every day, are they sustainable? Are they uh, illusory? Are they just an illusion? Or are they connected to a deeper understanding of who I am in this universe and what my purpose is and uh, even if you don't know what your purpose is, folks, it's it's still, uh, to me, like a really clear separation. Like, are we pursuing money, power, success, or are we pursuing um, spreading love and overcoming fear and challenges and answering some of these deeper questions that we have for ourselves? So that's the conversation that's been on my mind and a little bit about what is driving me day to day to do this podcast and to put this message out to you guys, too. Okay. So very special guest today, um, probably one of my best friends from my undergrad years at CU Boulder, um, my undergrad college years, uh, my good friend Matt Vogel. Now, I went down to Denver uh, last night and we did this recording in his, uh, his music studio in his, in his garage and it was, it was really cool. I hadn't seen Matt for over a year and, you know, we really don't get to talk as much as we want to. Um, we're both recently married and he has a, a new baby and so, um, you know, we really don't talk as much as we should uh, because we're really, we live fairly close to each other. But he, he was a really instrumental and um, really one of my best friends from college. Um, really was a pleasure to have him on today we talk about our old cu days and rehash uh you know old memories we talk about our our interesting cosmic ties that sort of brought us together in the first place uh we had ties uh before we even knew each other um back when we both lived in new mexico and went to the same elementary school and didn't even know that we were in the same proximity and then later found each other uh it's kind of cool how our paths crossed and we figured out um some of these connections that were made and we talk about that a little bit so matt's a uh, musician he plays the drums he's in a number of different bands he's a father he's a husband uh and more than anything um you know i really wanted to have him on because i value how he thinks and i value his perspective on um on life in general and society and uh you know he he takes a different um 
different take than I do, and I really value that. So uh, without further ado, here we go with episode 47 of Conversations with the Mind with Matt Vogel. This is the Conversations with the Mind podcast, where we explore consciousness through conversations with interesting people. Our mission is to engage the collective mind piece by piece to bring greater clarity of mind to our listeners locally and across the planet, and to contribute to broaden the shared experiential knowledge and wisdom of existence. All right, folks, welcome back to Conversations with the Mind. This is episode 47, and we're here with a very special guest, my good friend Matt Vogel. How are you, sir? Good, brother. Good um, to see you. You too. How long has it been since like we actually mm. hung out? It's before the wedding, before my wedding last year. Too long. It's been, oh God, I think last time you and your wife came, came to town, or maybe it was in Fort Collins at uh, that brewery. One time, maybe. But, oh, that's uh, right. You guys played at. Uh, yeah, what was it? Yeah, that yeah. that that day show. Yeah. That was really cool. I'm glad you guys came out for that. Yeah, that was fun. Well, it was in our yeah. hometown, so might as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. Bro. And um, the first question I always ask all my guests is the same question, uh, which is, you know, what does the phrase "conversations with the mind" mean to you? Mm-hmm. So the audience knows sort of what. It means to me, and I've compiled answers from all my guests so far. Mm-hmm. And just like, how does that land with you? What what thoughts come to mind? What memories maybe come to mind when you think of mm-hmm. the phrase "conversations with the mind"? Well, I think of, um, you know, that means to me discourse with one's own self, but also with whoever else too. So it it being you know almost conversing with myself, but also you, not just, um, not just one or the other, but, um, yeah, it sounds like, uh, not the normal, um, daily chatter too, not the normal what have you, so it'll be worthwhile, I would say, in, in some, some light at some point too, conversation, because, uh, yeah, conversations with the mind, I just, oh, like conversation with yourself, but Important also with other discourse. people. Yeah. yeah, you know, not just me, but it's going to be uh, realizing stuff about myself, but also it, realizing these things through you as well, and then and then I'll learn some more stuff about you, my old friend too. I'm sure, maybe. So. Nice. That's what I try and do, and like not just with friends, but I mean, I think that's why I've I've been friends with you for such a long time is because mm-hmm. I think that. Whenever we do talk, even, you know, back in, in our college days when we were seeing each other, like, almost every day, and then now when we see each other, like, maybe once, maybe twice a year, like, I feel like I try to go into those situations trying to soak up as much, like you said, like, learning from you, mm-hmm. just just in our dialogues and just hanging out with you, and, yeah, you know, we, we don't change that much. Not too much, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. How yeah. long has it been since, it's been over 10 years since we graduated. That's right. Right? Over a decade now. And it's still, to me, it feels like yesterday, living in Boulder. It has flown and been a <laughs> bit of a blur. But, you know, a lot of things have sure <laughs> went down since. But, yeah, sure. it flew by, decade down. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I think of, too. Like, discourse yeah. not only with, with yourself and, like, mm-hmm. the inner day-to-day chatter that I think we all have, you yeah. know, and, like, 
negative voices mm-hmm. or positive voices, but also dialogue with other people, right? Mm-hmm. And with for you, like, you just got married recently too, mm-hmm. right? Both freshly wed, mm-hmm. we are. Yep. Yeah. How is it? How is Hitched. it so far? It's pretty good. I guess it doesn't feel that much different than when, uh, you know, times before the actual engagement but um feels good man you know when you, you know how it is if you're uh with that partner who fully cares for you and vice versa and that's what you know and it's what you yearn for it's it sure is uh you know not much of a change from then when you do get married but um yeah, my brother feels good though my brother and my best friends told me everything changes when you get married wow and for me, like, I don't experience much of a change. Like, yeah. we were engaged for a full year before we got married and dating for, I think, two or three years before that mm-hmm. and knew her uh, many, many years before that. So, right. I mean, it was it was very similar, mm-hmm. you know. But for you, how long were you guys together before you got married? Oh, well, I guess only about uh, two to three, uh, two to three years. So but that time flew by, too. Right. That um yeah, but it's good to be a married man. You know, it feels feels kind of good. It, uh, I don't regret it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely no regrets. And um, obviously, here and there, we tend to those with kids tend to have some sort of minute, just passing. Like, <laughs> ooh, was it was it right to start a family, have a kid? But oh, it is always the right thing. I think. Um, I, of course, if you make a decision, you want it. But uh, yeah, Mar- uh, kids on top of marriage, bonus upgrade, and uh, whole whole other story. But mm-hmm. could be a father now too. I'm sure you'll you'll be a great one at some point, whether whether you want it or not. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't wait. Uh, we're actually gonna wait a couple more years until Kelly's done with her master's degree. Wait now. And then we're going to pop them out in rapid succession. Boom. Um, but yeah, married life is is cool in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, it's really nice to, like, come home and, and know that there's going to be somebody there to, like, mm-hmm. talk to or not talk to that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone I can ask for back rubs when I need it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's those kind of things are really nice. And um, it's, it feels good to know that someone's always got your back, mm-hmm. you know? And marriage is kind of a, it sure is a perfect, uh, oh, I guess, uh, accolade in that way when you just, you treat you treat each other after that, you know, even more so with that, you know, undying mm-hmm. love and support. So, you know, nothing wrong with the ritual, if you ask me, you know. With the ritual of marriage right, itself? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, nothing that wrong with that old time. I used to be against it. Yeah, I guess I did too. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of for the birds and outdated uh, archaic practice, but I don't know if that's so true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to each their own, but, uh, yeah. I used to be against it, but I think that was before I had ever found somebody that I, I could actually consider, like, being around for the rest of my life. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that I was in relationships with, I was like, you know, this is good for a couple of years, but I don't know, like, if I could spend 50, 60, 70 more years with this person. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're, I don't know, for me anyway, my wife is like, she became like my best friend, mm-hmm. right? Like, I have my best guy friends. Mm-hmm. I have my best friends from high school, just like, you know, Thomas is for you, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then best friends from college like you and Will and mm -hmm. I was just thinking about Will today by the way Willie. and uh, Willie Garrison Willie G mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, smoking his cigs in the dorms that's what I remember Mountain Dew too that was the cigs combo. and Mountain Dew Camel Lights and Mountain Dew uh huh and just sitting in over that, yeah. that routine so yeah I mean and then your wife becomes like your best friend mm -hmm. just cause they're with you all the time yeah. But I'm learning that, you know, we have arguments just like any other couple, but mm -hmm. so do best friends. Best friends have arguments too. I know mm -hmm. I've had arguments with some of my best friends in the past and we've always been better because of it, mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. I think I've uh, noticed I, I, we tend to have less fights than maybe even any friends I've ever had. Um, we got pretty good. Obviously everyone has, you know minor disputes and uh, disagreements mm -hmm. but uh, man I'm feeling somewhat blessed at this point yeah still no no big you know arguments but uh, yeah yeah there always tend to be a couple though mm-hmm a couple so what's it like to be a new dad it is exhausting mm -hmm. and tiring but it is joyous mm -hmm. many many moments of joy nothing like a little smile mm-hmm you know it, I do recommend it, but wouldn't recommend it to obviously <laughs> people are too too busy or too young. Mm. Now I see why. You know, it would be a hard thing to keep up with if you were really quite young. So. And how old are you? I'm 34 now. 34. So I, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, put me in that young right. category anymore. But God, I can't imagine having kids, you know, in your early 20s or even no way. younger. Ooh, but. Kudos and a toast to those who did it well if they mm -hmm. got through that. And How old was your mom when, when you were born? She was 30. 30? Yeah, 30, just like, uh, just about the same age I was when, when we had our daughter just yeah. recently, yeah. I think my mom was um, 21 or 22. So quite And she had me, and then my she had my brother like a year and a half later. Mm. Um, so a single mom raising two boys must have been really hard. She's a champ. Mm-hmm. Super champ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. Toast to them. That's yeah. one thing my brother does say, though. My brother just had a, a second baby a year mm. ago. <clears throat> Little boy. So now he has two kids, and he says that uh, that's one thing that does change when you have kids is you get so exhausted. And you were talking about that today. First thing when I came over today, like, the, well, you said, like, man, parenthood is exhausting. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, what's, what's uh, the most... I don't know, because I'm not a parent. Or at but least the first year <clears throat> happens to be. You know. Why is it so exhausting? Just because all the diaper changes and crying and... It's just the the breaks that, you know, the interrupted sleep <clears throat> is really what it is for me. It's not the... Getting up over a couple of hours. Yeah, it's not the daily uh, as much as... Well, maybe that adds on top of it too, but, uh, you know, not for everybody. But I'm, I am digging it, but who needs proper rest anyway, all right? Well, It'll you, come back one day. Well, you're a musician. It'll turn, yeah. So you need your rest for that. True, for true. Sure. But uh, yeah, I guess it does make the nights a little, a little less lively, and you know, bands do typically play in nocturnal times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're taking we'll to be the, okay. Taking the kid to the uh, to any of your shows yet? Uh, she's been to one or two now. She's been to one or two with nice. some. Spill earmuffs on. Uh, yeah, she got a little outdoor one not long ago. 
so but that was nice it wasn't too hot either nice there was a rain delay though so they actually did get cut a little short due to weather but she did catch a couple tunes a couple tracks nice yep wife and a kid mm-hmm what yeah. did your uh, did your wife report that she like did she have any response to the to her dad playing any like bo- head bobbing or anything was she into it I think she might have been if I recall making some noises or something but nothing not like air drumming or anything yeah right but uh, one <laughs> one day I'm sure yeah <laughs> that's cool or throwing rotten tomatoes maybe too huh. she can hurl them mm-hmm. we'll see she's got an arm. So it's exhausting because you you wake up every couple hours. The yeah, you know, sometimes sleep. it's like every two, three hours. But, uh, you know, that's how it can go, bud. Mm-hmm. That's what they did for us, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, you know? hopefully. Or maybe even worse. Maybe we were worse. Maybe we were demonic babies and we were up every hour. Mm. Do you and ask your mom about that now that you're a dad, like? Ask your mom how you were when you were a kid, and I think I was, I was, I've been told, yeah, that I'm, I was tough to get to sleep too. She'd have to, you know, stroll me around the block or do, you know, wear wear me out, you know. So, I guess I'm getting it now karmically from, from mm-hmm. my little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I almost mm-hmm. deserve it. Yeah. Sure. So it's exhausting but fruitful, like you, like when when they when they smile at you and nothing better. How old is she now? As a, you know. Grown adult man is probably no, no better uh, feeling other than maybe you know certain look or arrival of your partner or whatnot, but or family member, but uh, yeah, if your son or daughter or whatever uh, smiles at you, it's like you know really nothing. Probably better for your synapses, mm-hmm. you know. Um, no, that's probably like that's like the best drug. No, I'm sure it's got to be. It's got to release them. Mm-hmm. My bre- Some of the best stuff, you know. It's something I've heard from most dads. It's like, you never know what love is. Like, even for your partner, mm-hmm. you never know what, like, love is until you hold your own kid and, like, like you just think, like, you would die for this mm-hmm. little creature, you know? Yeah. You might even get that more, uh, more of a heavy, you know, instance of a rush and feel of those feelings than maybe when you're with your partner. But, of course, that's... Uh, I'm sure that's how we how we stay alive, you know. Right. Got to keep care of the young more mm-hmm. above all costs. But um, it's probably an evolutionary thing, huh? Where you get some kind of dopamine or serotonin reward oh, yeah. for taking care of the baby, and I feel like it's yeah, just it, it inspires you to want to keep doing that. Right. Full on life life lesson for all uh, all species. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but some parents don't. Unfortunately, some parents don't get that. Uh, I guess not. That good feeling from from parenting. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of factors can, I'm sure, add up to that uh, not being so clear of a you yeah. Know, Let's spark this response, thing. Up. But yeah, spark that jazz cabbage. Let's have a little toast. So, for all my listeners out there who don't know you, <clears throat> some of them do. Oh. But some of them don't. Uh, hmm. Can you tell them what uh, the names of your bands are? Because hmm. I know um, you play mostly local Colorado, right? Like up and down the Front Range, yep. mostly Denver. But you guys have been known to tour every once in a while. Um, so, yeah, what what's okay. going on there? Well, uh, bands I'm drumming in these days, U.S. Tigers with a Y. 
Um, that's U.S. United States Tigers with a Y. Little nod to the birds, and then old High Plains Honky. Uh, kind of country, kind of, kind of everything. Great old band out of Denver. Both bands out of Denver. Both uh, five plus years old. These bands been drumming for just over a year or so in High Plains Honky, but five plus years in U.S. Tigers. Fun bands. Good friends. Fun bands. Great sounds. What kind of music would you say? Um, original. Would you say uh, U.S. Tigers is? Oh, I'd say in the end it is. Uh, I've seen you guys rock play and roll, times. but uh, there's a lot of country western influence, and then there's a lot of just a, just a touch of you know rock and roll, a little bit of just great songwriting too. Um, mm -hmm. Good American music, you know. Mm -hmm. Some of the other Some bands. Psychedelic tendencies. Oh, nice. Yeah, some of the other bands I remember you being in were like uh, Champagne Charlie. Yeah, it was a fun one. That was the band that toured a little bit, not a lot, but yeah. a little bit up to the Northwest, Midwest. And that one was like Pirate Rock, you said? That's what like some that? people would dub it <laughs> as, yeah, right? Land Pirate Rock, mm -hmm. what? And it was kind of like eclectic uh, vintage yet um, contemporary sounding, uh, also kind of rock and roll band, but with horns and mm. at times, you know. A little different instrumentation, but uh, yeah, rest in peace, Champagne Charlie. It was a fun, fun little run there with that band. And it's still mostly drums that you're doing, right? Or are you playing yeah, any um, strings? All drumming. It's just still, still beating those drums. Mm -hmm. No well, you strings were, in my life. You've been playing drums since what? High school? No, well, I guess middle school. Middle now. school. Yeah. That's that's a long time, man. I should probably be better at this point. <laughs> How long has it been since middle school? Something like 20... Probably 20 years. 20 years? 20 or so years. Which is funny because that's about... Well... Oh, that's not true. Almost it's over 20 years, you're right. Because I've been in Colorado for 20 years now. I started drumming back in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where you also lived back in the day. Yeah. We went to the same... Elementary school in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Georgia O'Keefe. Mm -hmm. so, so, it was so, so crazy. Funny. Yeah, because yeah, I met you for the first time uh, <coughs> at the CU Boulder orientation mm -hmm. on campus when everyone's like walking around and stuff, and we had already done our tours for the day, and we were both skating on campus, mm. but you were skating by yourself, and I was skating by myself, if I remember right, and then we just started skating yeah. together, and we found right. out we were in the same dorm. Same day I met, we met our mutual buddy Will too. Mm -hmm. It was that day as well. That so was a good day. Found out we were in the same dorm, and then as the year went on, you and I found out that mm. we were in fact both from Albuquerque. Yeah, and then that you were in kindergarten when I was in first grade at that school. Mm, oh, that's right, one year. Yeah, you're one year ahead. Okay, you were in my brother's, uh, my brother's grade. Yeah, but a different kindergarten class. Right, mm -hmm. so... I still we, have that yearbook, right. by the way, with you in there. We're both in the same yearbook. Mm-hmm. And we're, we went to school there at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So so for one year, we shared the same... Shared space. Space, yeah, at a pretty moderately small school, I think, too. I mean, it seemed like a... From my, you know, distant, foggy memory, I think that seems... I'm sure they built on it a lot over the years, but at that time, I think it was a pretty small... Public elementary school. I don't think there were that many. 
kids here? I remember it being huge, but oh, that damn. was because I was in kindergarten and first grade there, and that's it. Um, but uh, I was tiny, right? So the hmm. playgrounds just seemed really big and expansive, and right. Um, but I remember they were, yeah, they were that crazy like uh, cheap metal on top of asphalt. It was, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> and then sand kinda, in the middle of it. Yeah, kind of almost temporary type. Yeah, housing like type a t- of like school. a tin a tin school. Yeah, I remember that was the temps. Yeah, and I yeah, I distinctly remember the libraries there and the book sales and things oh, like that's that. That's right. I remember the book sales. Those are fun as kids, huh? And then, uh, yeah, and then you and I started just throwing out these names of places that we remember from Albuquerque, like the Sandias Mountains, right? And uh, the tram and the ice skating rink right at the mm-hmm. base of that. That's um, right. Outpost Ice mm-hmm. Arena. So, yeah. Where you could get uh, churros, blue raspberry ices, and play Revolution X on arcade, that Aerosmith game. I remember that game. Yep. So Shooting many, game. So many good, yep. So many good arcade games and pinball machines at that old... Ice Arena, post Ice Arena. I'm sure it's still there. Mm-hmm. I doubt they have all those great, new, great games though anymore. Yeah, that was crazy. Elvira Pinball. Mm. Yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. You touch the start button, and uh, she says, she would always say, "Don't touch me there." When you <laughs> touch the start button, that just drove all us, all little boys crazy, you know. Right. Going up there after a couple. Blue raspberry ices all hopped up on churro sugar and going over there and not having any quarters for the game but just repetitively mm-hmm. pushing that button and hearing her. What show was she from anyway? I remember. Elvira? I guess she was like, what, 80s, like 90s? Mo- yeah, she had oh. like a, I don't know. I think she was like a host of a show and had like. Um, pretty big. Pretty big yeah. deal. It's right before my time though. Pretty. But I haven't been back to New Mexico in a while, uh, maybe since. When I met my dad when I was 24, but I would like to go Jeez. back. Uh, I would like to go back to Santa Fe, Taos, and Angel Fire, because they have some, uh, some good shit down there. Like in Taos, have you ever heard of Meow Wolf? Oh, definitely, yeah. Or that's the in uh, that's in uh, Santa Fe. That's in Santa Fe. Yeah, and okay. it's um, what's the name of that um, that whole big uh, indoor? It's like an art, art installation. Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like almost a. You know, some bit of a amusement park for the for the art lover or for anyone who can um, see. But um, it's a cool spice. You would love that. I mean, you and your wife would absolutely love that place. It's uh, it's definitely a You've trip. You've been there before? Yeah, I went there not long ago to finally finally check it out. It's a, it was definitely like nothing else. You know, that's nice. for sure. Definitely not your trip to the to the matinee or the. Is it pretty mind bending? It it sure can be. Looks I mean, like it'd be it. hard for it not to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're bringing one here to Denver, right here. Uh, yeah, like a Let's small see. one. Small one. A one. small. Well, there's a small installation at Eliches. Oh, that's right. And then there's gonna be yeah another meow wolf, a big one, like right underneath uh, I-25 wow. where that I-25 Colfax exit is. Yeah. Like right next to the stadium. I bet it'll be pretty big then, because the. Uh, Santa Fe original mothership locations, quite a big old warehouse, you know. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I think they're doing, um, they're doing well, you know. Obviously, you don't have to branch it out. Um, I think it's it's been good for Santa Fe, from what I can hear. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get back there sometime. Yeah. But I, I like Colorado better still. Like, I wouldn't live in New Mexico, I don't think. So nice out here. Mm-hmm. So dang nice in this fine state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, a lot of our friends from high school or from college have long since moved away, too. Mm-hmm. And you and I have both stayed in Colorado. Um, stayed around. A number of us have, like Thomas, right? I don't know if Will's still around, but Greg is still here, right? Greg, I think, has since moved. Um, but he might be back now, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think he is, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of nice to get back together with with old buddies mm-hmm. um, especially since you're so close yeah. yeah I think keeping in touch with with old friends is it's just quintessential it's, it's paramount for a, mm-hmm. I think an enriching life it's good to you know keep in touch as, as best you can you know you know how it is with contemporary life or life these days for us um, get so busy but it's just you know if you can't find time for an old friend here and there, it's like, oh man, is life really that busy? And and then the in the end, what are you doing instead? Is that worth it anymore? Right. So I kind of doubt it. That's a, yeah. life sure does get busy though. It goes back to like conversations with the mind. Like uh, mm-hmm. I think when I get together with good friends like you, right? Um, like you said, like I get to learn more about myself, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know me um, better than most people. Right, mm-hmm. you and I have known each other for, for at least know, way longer too. Fifteen years, maybe for a longer time. Yeah, fifteen. And uh, so you know me pretty well, and you've mm-hmm. known me at my some of my low points, and you know me mm-hmm. at some of my better points. And you're you're like one of those friends that will call me out of my shit if you saw me yeah, doing so. stuff, right? So yeah. and every, vice versa, right? So every time like I get together with with friends like you, like it's it's nice to. It's kind of like a check-in with myself. Yeah. Like, I'll be hanging out with you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like we're right back to where we left off. True. You know? Yeah. And it is, um, yeah, it just might, might make life better uh, to be able to um, somewhat constantly reconnect, even if it is big breaks in between. But um, it kind of keeps you in check, maybe, too, you know? It's like, I'm not going to let one... You know, drift off too far to where, you know, they're into some some no good shit or something. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, or you know, you sometimes wonder too. You know, maybe it's a certain friend you haven't seen or heard from in ten years or something. You tend to wonder, like, and so you always hope the best, but you never know. It's like good to keep you know, go close relationships and uh, you know, arms reach. But these days, not really that hard to either. I mm. mean. No one even has to mail anything anymore, you know. No one mm-hmm. has to lick any stamps. You just email the world over, you know. But it's nice, easy for us to get together, though. Mm-hmm. From the same part of the state, same state, too, you know. And being, being the, I mean, you live pretty much, like, in the middle of Denver. Yeah. Um, central, huh? Pretty close, yeah. yeah, to middle. But, like, so, because the population is so, so much dense. Yeah, so much more dense here, like... I'm sure you you've got tons of friends like all over the city. Right? Yeah, just about mm-hmm. all over the map. Yeah, it's good to have some buds up north still. Mm-hmm. We're playing Greeley Sunday night. Nice. Never been that. I I don't think I've ever performed um, uh, in that town. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I haven't performed that far north in Colorado yet. Where so are you guys playing? Fun. The Moxie. 
okay. Epoxy Theater, yeah, Sunday night. Nice. How far is downtown Greeley from? From Fort Collins? Yeah. Um, probably yeah, like I can never remember. 45 minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so still. Okay. I used to have to go there for work. Well, mm-hmm. oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, I mean, I'll stop. I'll stop over on the way. It'll be fun. What are you doing Sunday? Uh, we have a wedding. Cool. All day that day, but uh, busy day. Yeah, it's gonna be a busy one indeed. Yeah, it is for sure. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So, how does that work with you with a newborn and um, still playing shows and stuff? That's one thing, my because my friends and my brothers said that would definitely change. Like your time is now yeah. your wife's time, or your time is now your baby's time. And in my head, I'm thinking like, well, when I have kids, I'm gonna make sure that I just take them to the things that I like to do. Right. right? So I'll take them to the jujitsu gym take with them everywhere, me. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've learned that taking them to everything isn't reality until they're, you know, at least a couple, I'm sure, or older years, because you know in this. It, infancy um stage you know younger than a year i mean they got to be in bed by you know, later than six i mean we put her down at six so yeah you know i can't wait till i can take her almost everywhere but shouldn't be hard to take her to a show unless there are some close friends not trying to you know sound check who were there they could hold the little gal mm-hmm. while the set goes down but you know here pretty soon the wife will be be able to catch him soon once we can get away from you know the old job nice but um yeah i don't know you, you know yes your free time does get boiled down to a smaller morsel so you have to use it wise wisely and if you don't use it to rest um well i guess if you try to fill it up with as many fun things as you can it will leave very little time for <laughs> the r and r Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is something I'm noticing too because I think I'm well, what like I'm 35 mm-hmm. right now 36 this year but um, I've been noticing that I need a lot more rest and re- recuperation than yeah. I did like we did in our 20s that right? was limber right like uh, yeah I remember at CU just like obviously that was my days of drinking and you know, we yep. drink almost every single day to oblivion and to still oblivion. manage to go to class or not, or still bounce right back most of the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just at least by like 10 a.m., like we're drinking energy drink and then we're back at it. Oh, man. And then we're skating around and like. Made, I made uh, an insane amount of 8 a.m. classes. I don't know how we did that. You know, mm-hmm. I think I don't think I skipped many of them for years. And yeah. We, we definitely weren't. Uh, we weren't drinking LaCroix all night. We weren't, uh, no. I don't even think LaCroix was around back then. Sure wasn't. If it was, if it was I didn't it was, care. Yeah, <laughs> if it, it was. was. <laughs> yeah. You could care less about LaCroix at that time. Yep. You, you toss them off to the side like an old piece of fruit. Oh, man, in my undergrad, I think my diet was, uh, was it Cosmo's Pizza up on the hill? Cosmo's was a staple there. And, um... Jimmy Paps, John's. Paps Blue Ribbon, Keystone, yeah, yeah. Jimmy John's. Half-fast subs. You could crush oh, a yeah. half-fast sub quite yeah. frequently. Yep. OPBR, that was that was definitely one of your your beer favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, cheers to old Shane, I guess. A little uh, decent tequila. We wouldn't probably be drinking this back in the day, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Cheers, my friend. Cheers to old Boulder mm-hmm. days. So that's another thing. That's another reason why, like, uh, 
I'm so grateful that we're still friends because when I got, I mean, you knew me back when I drank a lot. Oh, yeah. And I drank like a fish. Well, when I met you, you were probably in the um, height of your drinking or probably right before the height of your drinking. Yeah. It was probably ramping right up because, but you probably drink a lot. Do you drink a lot in high school, though? Yeah, I yeah. didn't touch anything until I was 16. And okay. then from 16 to 18, I was just off to the races and experimenting. So. Um, and then, yeah, so when you met me, I was 18, fresh going into college. Yeah. And, yeah, that's right at the beginning of the worst part. Yeah. Uh, it got bad for a couple of years, and then uh, I got sober. Yeah. You finally called it quits on the the droplets. Um, uh, you quit drinking in, what, 2000? The first time it was um, when I was, like, 20. Because I remember my 21st birthday, I was sober. Okay. So I must have been a sophomore or junior. Oh, I was a sophomore, yeah. So really you had a just damn too wild and... Um, freshman year. Yeah. Fr the whole freshman year was the, um, you know, lacked moderation. Right. Wow, yeah, that was a wild first year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was a wild one. A lot of good times, but uh, you're right. Some some down points, some downsides are definitely some low points for you. Uh, I guess I might have had a couple in there, but all in all, it's probably a big old damn high point because being able to hang out with you on any given night, in addition to all the other great friends we had. Yeah, our dorm that Not freshman to year was so many, awesome. Yeah, just so many amazing. Uh, yeah, friends of all types and all types of different. Mm -hmm places too and the mm. campus is so great like I, I just like to go back there some days and just walk around it and remember like skating to class mm -hmm. and going across like the quads and you know mm -hmm. things like that skating by the stadium and yeah good college memories mm -hmm. and kind of uh, classic ones too I don't think they were too out of the ordinary but in a way I guess they were because not every campus looks like that right yeah mm -hmm. yeah Beautiful campus indeed. Yeah, so we had a wild freshman year. <clears throat> and then, yeah, and then I got sober. And uh, so that's where I was leading to anyway when I was talking about this. Is that Because uh, you knew me at those times, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we were friends back then. No doubt. And when I got sober, uh, a lot of my, friend, my friends, I'm saying that with quotation marks right my friends at that time when I got sober mm -hmm. um, didn't want to accept that I was getting sober because right. they were still drinking right and you were still drinking at that time mm -hmm. um, but you were very accepting of me like getting sober at the time sure I hope so <clears throat> yeah well that was it's always been a right right move for every one of you know every one of my friends who decided to right yeah. so I think you're one of my first friends who yeah. uh, who got sober yeah, yeah. stop drinking but uh, so, yeah, I appreciate that because I lost a lot of so-called friends right. because I got sober, you know, and then they didn't want to hang around me. But you and I always had a lot more in common than just partying. Definitely. You know? We definitely like to do that a lot. But yeah, we did a lot, but... We, you know, we went snowboarding a bunch. We had a, a snowboard gang yeah. right back then called the Snow Frogs. Snow Frogs. Because we'd rip it. Rip it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Murph knows about that. Mm -hmm. One of the key members. Mm -hmm. And those Crusty Butte boys, the Allens. Well, music and snowboarding, I mean, those are two big, awesome, fun 
hobby passions that are shit you you know those are two great things to have in common with someone especially if someone who you know is motivated to go see the music or go do the mm -hmm. snowboarding you know you still ride dude I haven't <clears throat> been snowboarding and I, I'd miss it so bad I'd go tomorrow if I could um I haven't been snowboarding in fuck maybe three years mm. maybe two mm -hmm. yeah I mean I've been downtown working so much um there for a while in the cannabis industry early mornings and then you know long shifts just didn't want to honestly do the morning commute mm -hmm. to the mountains and uh made that the excuse but uh these days i'd love to get a day and that'd be sweet well we should we, make it a thing yeah we should let's go up there in december mm -hmm. um i'm down yeah so i remember you were when you worked in in the cannabis industry what did you what did you do in the cannabis industry? Callie worked in the cannabis industry too, so I'm really oh, yeah. fast. She, I was always fascinated. She'd come home with these stories, and she doesn't smoke, right? So she's oh, wow. she's this non-smoker um, hanging out and working in the cannabis industry and just loving it. Wow. She'd come home with these cool stories about trimming or Damn. things like that. Like, what did you do in the in the industry? It's a lot of front of house stuff. Lot front of, of the house, bud tinning, yeah, front of house bud tinning and managing managerial stuff and assistant managing stuff and. Not much back of the house gross stuff at the for many of those years, um, but uh, like any retail thing, yeah, it's easy to get burnt out after five plus years, you know. Mm. So, but good times. A lot of uh, met a lot of crazy stoners from all over. Did yeah. you get burned out just on the industry or just on that one shop and like the people you were working for? I think in general the industry for sure. Industry. Yeah, um, yeah I think. Uh, Oh, it's easy to get wrapped up in it so much and have it uh, overtake all your life. And uh, seem to be eating the uh, the ability to maintain as much with the hobbies, you know, more that more so than it should. But uh, uh, I don't miss it too much. Yeah. What do you think about the whole decriminalized Denver? thing that just happened right oh, yeah. you live in the midst the of mushies. yeah what do you that's think that's a great that? thing i'm glad they're it's fucking awesome I'm dude glad, yeah i'm glad those cats got it through they made it through they they wrote it well and yeah it passed by just that hair not even a percent yeah yeah i had that guy on my podcast a little while ago oh my god uh, kevin matthews the no guy who's in charge of it wow yeah a lot of hard work and a toast to them because yeah. uh that's amazing. That's a groundbreaking and amazing. You know, mm -hmm. it's exhilarating. And then, did you hear about Oakland too? Oakland as well. Oh, they decriminalized um, almost all plant medicine. So ayahuasca, oh. peyote, mushrooms. Decrimmed uh, everything in Oakland. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's a big step too. Huge. Denver's going to take another big step, I'm sure. Probably. Some, some form, yeah. Maybe with our current administration with polis too he's he's really uh i think progressive and i like him great a lot. with yeah yeah he's I, th I thought i heard some, read something i should read into it more before i start spouting but uh about decriminalizing all low level possession oh drugs. he defelonized, defelonized all possession of uh drugs okay. under four grams oh cool so, so no felonies anymore right for you get a misdemeanor yeah right. if you have like three grams of cocaine or three grams of whatever right mushrooms or anything uh, yeah wow but the decriminalized mushroom thing just put it at the lowest 
priority for police, so they're not allowed to spend city funds to pursue uh, criminal charges against people with mushrooms. Pretty close to where weed was eight, ten years ago. Right. Do you think mushrooms will ever be retail? Like it, like when we went to Amsterdam, remember that? It was like junior year of college, and right. we went to Amsterdam with Steve, yeah. and... Um, I mean, we obviously went to the weed stores. Oh, and that's yeah. a lot like Colorado now. Right. But they also sold mushrooms, too. Like, I think um, mm-hmm. we had Smart some, shops. some truffles or something yeah. there. And it was all fresh. Yeah. Fresh, yeah. Do you think that that'll, that'll happen here, like retail mushrooms here? I never saw anybody, like, just out in the streets causing trouble if they were tripping. Like, I didn't notice, uh, like, yeah. people causing any trouble in the streets there. It'd be surprising if... You could legally buy from a retailer at some point this soon, but I'd be in for it. But um, it'd be a huge step to be able to legally buy them from like a source. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's great that they decriminalize. That's that's a huge step. That'd be wild. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem to be a problem in Amsterdam no. at all. Of course not. No way. Granted, though, do they still exist currently? No, I think they got rid of. They don't have some more shops anymore, so they don't. Uh, they stopped doing it for a reason. I'm sure it was legitimate, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully it was. Well, but, I think uh, they stopped um, cafes there, too. Like, you can't... I think those still exist. Coffee I'm shops. Sure. I'm not oh. sure, because uh, I follow the gray area that... Um, I guess it was one of the few American-numbed ones, the gray area, and huh. they get a lot of big names popping through there, but I saw from a gray area coffee shop feed in Amsterdam a uh, picture of maybe one of the owners or one of the workers there puffing it. So they are still doing Woody Harrelson. Yeah, oh, they're nice. open. Oh, yeah. Nice. They're open for sure. In fact, I think that's the only thing that's changed in Amsterdam since we left is I think they just closed the smart shops. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the coffee shops are just the same. Oh, okay. Probably just the same. But still, while we were there, they were open, and we didn't see anybody like causing any trouble, right? So since it, yeah, it really was not. decriminalized here, and you live in Denver, so yeah. have you heard any like news stories or anything uh, being publicized like people tripping out and doing crazy shit right exactly and everyone was so worried about that 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 was going to happen that this town was going to be overrun by tripping zombies and right all of a sudden right as it gets decrimmed right people all of a sudden start deciding they really want to eat mushrooms right but i'm sure a lot of people did probably considering you know they maybe hadn't in a long long time or probably like man what is all the Mm -hmm. you know like a, yeah, about. like a little celebratory thing, Maybe. like a spike in the beginning. Like when, like I was, uh, like when weed stores first opened here in Colorado, there's mm-hmm. lines around the block, right, to get in them yeah. when they first opened. Like a Krispy uh, Kreme, yeah, donut right. place. Exactly. Yeah. Like an In and Out Burger opens yeah. in Denver or when something. That opens. Right. That'll probably be the longest line for anything ever in In and Colorado. Out I think when In and Out Burger opens, Colorado is so. <laughs> gung-ho on that american staple diet i've noticed in a way you know we're very fit and we eat well and conscious a lot of vegans yeah but in a way i think i know so many coloradans who just fall prey to that good old-fashioned cheese right nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. uh, i had one yesterday i had one before um, i came there you go not an in and out but yeah yeah right there you go but uh, in and out has such a you know an iconic uh delicacy of of its own <laughs> If it's in its own manner, but uh, well, and there's so many California people that live true, here now too, true, true. and that was a staple for them while they were out there. And I'm sure social media has only helped boost the, uh, you know, that iconic brand of In and Out. So many people like to kind of 
to themselves there and whatnot. Um, but um, I think the line there, once they open, it's going to be longer than any weed shop ever was in grand opening and Krispy Kreme mm -hmm. combined. It's my bet, guys. Mm -hmm. Let me know if I win. Mm -hmm. And I'll buy you <laughs> an In-N-Out burger. I'll buy you an In-N-Out burger. I'll buy you one. Buy me, personally. If, okay. if it does end up being Longer the biggest line. line ever, I don't know how we're going to quantify and measure this but well it'll be on the on the news yeah we'll be able to they'll, they'll pull up archives and but if that's the case i'm buying burgers for you and me that's what i'm doing that's a deal wow big spender here yep i'll buy you one of those four by fours or whatever the quadruple you, you, patty burger yeah Whoa. i guess you can buy them as many patties as you want Jeez. as many patties deep I usually stick with two if I'm going all out. But, yeah, uh, two is enough. I'm not going to knock on the, the three-packers there, but... Two is enough. Two is enough, especially with that sauce. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be good. I wonder where that location ends up plopping its roots down on. It's going to be... That motherfucker going to be open 24-7, I'm sure. Right. You know? Probably right next to a weed store. If they do it right, they should be. <laughs> and someone will get a picture of Colorado. in and out weed store... And then one, something else really amazing that people love love to death next door, you know. Mm -hmm. That's another chain that people just love. A Colorado chain? Well, people were freaking out when Dunkin' Donuts moved here a little bit. People were freaking out when Krispy Kreme opened. Mm -hmm. People kind of freaked Bojo's out. Bojo's Pizza is Colorado. Bojo was a local good big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, right. It's very Colorado. Yeah. But anyway, like... With this, with this decriminalization thing, like I think that's, it's so crazy that like when we were kids, mm -hmm. I never, ever, ever in a million years would have thought that even cannabis would be legalized, mm -hmm. right? And with all these things now happening, I think we're super lucky to be living in in this time right now and be this age when this is all happening and we can remember it, yeah. um, and like tell our kids about yeah. it, right? It's wild. And for me, like. I think it's it's amazing because it opens the door for psychedelic research right. and research on cannabis and things like that. Like we already found that you know when cannabis was legalized here, we crime rates went down, uh, opioid uh, overdose deaths went down, mm -hmm. all sorts of things went down, and revenue went up. I think Colorado just passed the one billion dollar mm. tax revenue mark, right? Oh, and yeah. all that goes to all of our infrastructure right wow. they're rebuilding all these highways around here it's a lot of taxes yeah and other other uh other states are taking notice i think there's more states now in in the country that uh have like legal or decriminalized mm. weed than don't oh wow yeah It'd be nice once it's like federal oh right okay yeah that'd be yeah, nice that'd be nice once it's completely federal yeah mm -hmm. or even when it's you know, more than half of the 50 are, you know, wreck. Well, that'll, that'll feel nice. Right. You know, whereas I don't think we're even... How far do you think? How many are actually recreational now? I don't know. Probably, I mean, I shouldn't say. Probably but, at least like 20-some. Oh, maybe, huh? Well, it's got to be. I'd be I'd be surprised if you could buy wreck legally in 20 oh, states right. right now. Wreck. It's only 10. Yeah. Mostly west, and then you got some obese stuff going on. Right. Massachusetts and I'm sure New York maybe. Yeah. yeah. So you still can't like take it with you on a vacation or a road trip if you yeah, want to go across town. But before we know it, you're right. I think federally, it's gotta gotta be a 
an open uh, cannabis thing at some point. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense for it not to be. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure it'll take a long time for psilocybin to be decriminalized in certain states. Wow. I can't imagine when that will go down in, you know, Galabama. some southern states. Yeah, right? Well, you know Galabama. the south better than I do, right? Didn't I feel like your, your I don't parents know it too well there? these days. I mean, they sure live out there these days, and so is the family, but um, I feel like I don't know it too well these days. I only go back, you know, for little, huh. little I, lapses. That Will would know. Good Shit, old Memphis. Maybe. Yeah, old Memphis Willie. I, I doubt he even keeps in much contact with old Memphis ties these days, you know? I mean, he's straight-up Denver boy these days, and... Um, oh, he's down here, huh? No, he's down, back down here, yeah. Nice. I might, might see him this weekend, um... It would be kind of nice to get him on this. It would have been a trip to, yeah, to have him here on this. Well, tell him I said hi, and maybe maybe uh, oh. we can arrange that. I'd love that. Yeah, I'm moving into a new place up in Fort Collins soon, and uh, I'm gonna set up a podcast studio where I'm gonna have like, um, mm-hmm. you know, actual studio quality mics and like uh, the full setup. So I'll have you guys come up and build round table and with the mics be on on booms, yeah. on booms, and exactly yeah, do that. Yeah, we each have our own. Each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then comfy chairs with wheels and armchairs, armrests. I mean, and yep. wow. Yeah, it'll be nice. I, I like this. I like this today, though. For for this those of you guys just listening on audio, I'm we're sitting in uh, Matt's. Uh, what would you call this here? Your studio jam it's space. Basically, my garage, but it's uh, a part of the garage that's been fashioned somewhat. Yeah, you got sound you got soundproofing space. on almost every wall. Decent soundproofing. Nice and warm in here. Pretty toasty. Yeah. In the summer here, it's uh. Well, it's comfortable. It but I bet be when you're playing, whew. it sure can be an issue. You know, I do have a swamp cooler, but I, I need to keep that down because it it literally it's like open a window in here and there goes all the sound right into, all the house next door. You know. Oh so right. I gotta. It's almost like you cho- I gotta choose. Gotta be. Sweaty and not, you know, wake up the kid or family, or cool and waking everyone the mm-hmm. fuck up. Well, you could pretend like you're a, like a famous drummer for an '80s hair band, mm-hmm. like all sweaty up on an arena yeah. stage. I gotta get practice with sweating, so I just go <laughs> ahead and do it. And I'm a pro at it now. Mm-hmm. I just have to take showers more now, and I have to <laughs> bring changes of clothes to every fucking gig now. Yeah, I'm a sweaty dude. You gotta yeah. So it gets though being a drummer in the summer, summer drummer. Mm-hmm. Coin, coining that right now. Summer drummer. Summer drummer. That's why you, yeah. That's why you need a tour bus with like a, a shower in it or like a solar shower. Bed on sweat to. with a summer drummer. Nice. Yeah, if, that's why they probably have showers. Uh, you know, behind at the in the green room behind mm-hmm. for shows. It's for the lead singer. But also for the sweaty drummer. The drummer. I mean, these things gotta get clean suit sometimes, I suppose. But um, drummer sure needs it afterwards. Dude, speaking of everyone should though. Speaking of lead singers and drummers, uh, I'm taking my mom to see Phil Collins. Wow. Uh, in October. Damn. <clears throat> for her uh, birthday slash Christmas gift. And he is gonna be drumming, yeah. Well, he's a drummer and he sings. Oh. When he does his solo stuff. Um, fucking incredible. I know. It's gonna be a good show. He's a guy from from uh, my past anyway, and that that's something like I, I remember when I was a little kid cruising around New Mexico. My mom would have mm-hmm. Phil Collins on on the on the radio on the stereo. 
Yeah, I used to think he was awesome. Yeah, massive songs that are just in Genesis in everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and another someone else I've been I've been uh, really jamming out to that I can't believe I didn't discover earlier is uh, Buckethead. Mm-hmm. Like I think you you told me about Buckethead uh, back in college. You're not taking your mom to Buckethead Show. No, no, no. Be pretty wild. No, but I've I'd never like taken the time to just look into him and listen to his music. It's but then I did huh? like a couple of months ago, and I can't get enough. Mm-hmm. You know, he has over like three hundred studio albums. He has so many cuts, so many songs. He's a prolific, dude. In a way, you know. Yeah, but not many people know about him. I think his best, some of his best stuff was with Claypool. I swear. I think so too. That bucket of Bernie Brain stuff was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. It was a cool little era for everybody there. Bernie Worrell. Rest in peace with Parliament. Yeah, he was in that. He was a, he was crazy since mm. Bill. I'm glad you like Buckethead. Yeah, he's he's freaked a lot of people out too. I'm sure I, he kind of almost got on top of me in a way. You know, like when I seeing him some one time on a head full of mushrooms. I remember kind of being a little freaked out too. But you know, really, felt, how felt, come? Felt good. Just like were you like you know way up in the front row and know, he's just just, acting weird? It's or just uh, he's a kooky cat. I mean. With that KFC bucket and his playing and his, you know, looking like a puppet and all that, you know, it's it can be pretty, huh. it can be pretty out there and a little horrifying at times. Um, with the music going on too, um, you know, he does a good job of being pretty circus act kind of. Do you think he dark, plays to like a, carny. a? Do you think he plays to like a psychedelic audience? Do you think he knows like? Artistically, you know, because yeah. like bands like the Mars Volta, right? We've gone and see them a couple of times, like yeah. totally psychedelically oriented because yeah. I've seen them totally sober. And then yeah. I've also seen them on psychedelics before and totally t- different experience, right? right. Um, multi-layered when you're on mushrooms, right? Yeah. And with the laser shows and the visuals and uh, bands like Tool, right? Yeah. With their light show. Like, totally different. You can tell that the artist has in mind, like, well, this is really going to trip some people out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, yeah. you know, intentionally. Do you think Buckethead has that in mind when he's uh, up there, like, doing these funky things? I bet he knows some people are getting a little twisted, mm-hmm. but I bet it's not as heavy as, you know, being Claypool or the dead up there or something. Mm-hmm. Just knowing everyone's, you know. What about, like, Flaming Lips? I bet Flame Wolves tend to know that a lot of their fans are probably enjoying some MDMA that night, I bet, or something, or what have you. But, uh, yeah, Buckethead's got to know he's creeping some fools out, too. But, I mean, I kind of like it, too. I'm Mm -hmm. sure he knows people love it, too, and he obviously does as well. you never seen him live? No, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, when you see him, you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, it gets to be like, man, is that like a real dude up there? I mean, he's he's good at uh, playing the part of kind of a animated animated like puppet guitar player he's pretty wild it sounds awesome yeah that's pretty awesome I want to watch like some kind of music video or something of him yet I haven't yet I've just been listening to it on Spotify on Shuffle he's got so many different songs yeah I don't think I've heard the same song twice or maybe three times he's a guitarist alright he's full on He's One amazing. of the most interesting, yeah. Now, does he play the other instruments as well? Does he know. compose them? Do you know if he writes? I bet he can play it all, I'm sure. Like, I don't uh, know. Um, like, I bet he, he's had a lot of bands over the time, though. Yeah. 
They shared a drummer with Primus. Brain, I think, has played a lot with Pugethead. Um, yeah, man, you should check into that uh, the more recent Claypool stuff, too. That stuff's pretty fun, too. Have you checked any of that Sean Lennon, Claypool Delirium stuff? I have not. Past couple albums are pretty... They're pretty fun. They're pretty good. They're awesome. Nice. Yeah. And make for great live shows. Nice. You should definitely catch some of this Claypool run coming up to town. Nice. Wonderful um, stuff with definitely a touch of, you know, obviously Lennon Beatles kind of pop twist on on the Claypool kind of huh. psychedelic rock. But rock. Claypool's still probably at his old self on the funky kinda. bass. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's right, right in there. Doing what he does best, and uh, it's pretty cool stuff. I'm, you know, Sean Lennon's a killer, killer player and great frontman. Obviously, Les is too. So it's a, you know, two-headed band. You know, it's like nice. two badasses up there. Nice. Yeah, you gotta go to that next show. I'm gonna try. If you find tickets, let me know. Um, you gotta go. I'll go. I'll uh, look for sure. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll scour for those. Primus is how I've always seen Claypool I think wasn't wasn't it Blue Oyster Cult no or uh, what was his um, one of his Oysterhead 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 um, I like them too yeah, but I never so got to good. see them they were so wild I like Primus though Primus is some of the best they'll go down as you know a 90's titan and they already are but I mean it doesn't get much better than that especially with bands they're still playing you know mm-hmm. Primus is so good there's nothing like a Primus show Red Rocks Last time I saw him, so good. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that hallucinogenetics era tour of theirs. They were doing a lot of the covering the albums, you know, um, tours. See on the seas of cheese when we were in college. Right. We, you know, tour de fromage. But um, I, uh, I think hallucinogenetics like those those tours, just after all that was some of the best uh, newer Primus two thousands and newer Primus man. Nice. Yeah, we caught some good shows. I think that was a Red Rock show that you caught. That we caught. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Killer stuff. Yeah. Well, my um, my app only lets me record an hour at a time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit pause and we're gonna cool. um, go to a quick commercial break and then we'll come back with more from Matt. Cheers. Just taking a quick commercial break, folks, to uh, remind you to check out our YouTube page. That's the Mind Ops YouTube page, as well as our website, www.mind-ops.com, for all your uh, general psychotherapy needs, uh, sport and performance psychology needs, uh, psychedelic integration needs, and addiction counseling needs. So go check those out, and uh, also check out our Facebook Check out our YouTube. Uh, there's a lot of useful resources on there. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. Back to the show. But also just a, hey, how you been, present? But, uh, you know, old friends got to get each other, if not postcards, gifts from time to time. And Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. But I think you'll dig it. Um, it's a gift certificate to Arby's. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, how do you like that present I brought you? The emergency drinking water. Oh, that's a great present. <laughs> so, a, yeah. Yeah, so for the listeners out there, I found this. Uh, it's like this can. It's like a, It looks like this soda can that I'm holding in my hands, except mm-hmm. it's like made out of harder metal, and it's olive drab green, and I researched it. I think it's from World War One or Two, and it says emergency drinking water on it, right? 
and you shake it and it's like almost like solid or gelatinous inside it's not oh. it's no longer water so it's pretty nasty Woo. and um quite yeah. a quite an old vintage item quite I love an, it yeah it's an awesome gift and so can you imagine though back then like hey we're gonna just Oof. we're gonna uh can up a whole bunch of water and ship it over to germany you know and Ouch. parachute it in so that these people can drink water it's such a waste of resources eight if you think ounces about it. at a time or yeah was that six ounces Man, I bet that water would. Funny to think now, you know. Let's hope I never have to resort to that thing. Obviously, that I bet if I drink that, it'd kill me. Probably, I it's been it sitting in would. metal for like sixty years. Ooh. <laughs> Nasty. We found some old beer cans, you know, beer bottles, uh, soda uh, stuff, you know, over the past couple of years. Um, being a picker and all, and into vintage stuff, you mm-hmm. know, who didn't? But uh, man, I've never seen a full. I don't think I'd seen a full old water like that but also it being uh it doesn't seem like it's liquid anymore yeah right Ugh. it's gotta be yeah Ooh, pretty nasty stuff. shit cool present though man one of a kind gift mm-hmm. i'll say it once on you know I'll say it again too um one of the best gifts in the world i think is uh you know a well picked out uh or even random is fun uh vintage artifact or gift it doesn't have to be wearable it doesn't have to be like jewelry or anything i just think it's the most, one of the most fun things to give someone um and it's a vintage gift. you've always been pretty cool about that and into that i know you appreciate that but also old murphy our old buddy murphy has uh always been known for that and always given some of the best coolest uh random gifts and they're, they're ones you've you remember you know you don't forget them uh, <laughs> even if they're not uh necessarily daily useful daily but yeah. uh, even if you can't drink the water that's in yeah. the can of water that i gave you it's yeah. still nice to, it's a good story sitting on your shelf and it'd have to be quite a woo, mm-hmm. quite a day quite a doomsday event if it came down to no other water being um more potable than that what about if oh, you're man. like in the desert dying of thirst Ooh. I'd probably drink my own piss before that stuff. <laughs> I probably would too. I would, dude, because at least that you'd know that you're not getting that whatever is <laughs> crept in over the years on that thing. It's nuts. Ooh, I bet it's it's nuclear in there. It's just probably radioactive, or it's just straight up lead. Who knows? Yeah, I don't even. They knew so little about. You know, metals and uh, toxicity and yeah. things like that back in the day. So little was known. There was still like uh, asbestos in walls and ceilings. And right. Stuff. People thought smoking cigarettes was healthy for was you. almost even, yeah, maybe even healthy. Holy smokes. Dude, I read this meme the other day. Uh, it was like, um, it was a, for toothpaste, right? Yeah. For toothpaste is like four out of five dentists recommend this toothpaste. And the meme was like, why the hell would I ever brush my teeth with a toothpaste that is recommended by four out of five dentists? And dentists' job is to, yeah. like, pull teeth and to clean teeth. They they need to keep their customers, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe you don't want to trust the dentist. Yeah, trust that one dentist who, who said, no, don't uh-huh. use this. Because then you know it's a good one. It's almost thinking of the dentist as in the same light as the mechanic, like, you know, 
it's that age-old question: Should I trust the mechanic? You know, are they tacking on a bunch of oh right stuff? You know, you're kind of at their yeah at their mercy at their mercy. Because what are you gonna do? Like say no, and especially if you don't know wheel out. If you don't know dentistry or motors, Mm -hmm. it's kind of up to the mercy of that uh, one practicing it. Lord knows we've all had probably unsavory, unsatisfactory experiences with uh, mechanics or dentists that try to take you. I've I've probably been taken by more mechanics than dentists, but um, for sure. They're both, uh, and I'm sure they're quite a service to provide and um, a nod to those who do. To that industry, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about your old blue Jeep that you had. Oh, yeah. I was actually thinking about that the other day when I was thinking about coming down here and talking to you. Trusty old car. Yeah, and Cherokee. I saw that you don't have it anymore in the garage. So Yeah, long gone, that thing. That got... Uh, Lasted a long time. It did. A lot it, of memories in that thing. It was a good one. I was finally on delivery downtown delivering some sandwiches in the middle of the day, and a uh, guy ran a red light, and... Uh, Oh, hit the side of it pretty good, and um, no, no one was hurt. I was just fine, but uh, it was banged up pretty good. You couldn't open the doors, um, but the old thing finally had to be, you know, sold and kind of got rid of it at that point. But uh, it was a good run. I think it made it. Uh, fuck, probably had that for twelve plus years, mm-hmm. maybe more. Yeah, we used to take a lot of trips up to the mountains in that thing. Yeah, snowboarding. It's a great, great car. Uh, well, a late '90s mm-hmm. or early 2000s, uh, any of that era, I think. Jeep Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a few Jeeps in my time. It's a great car, all right. Mm-hmm. What do you got? You got some newer ones though in the garage now, right? You got you had to upgrade because of the baby and safety reasons. Well, I'm really excited about fixing up this old party van. Uh, it's late '70s. Party van's going to be fun. Uh, that should be uh, getting some help with some engine work on that. But uh, What do you mean party van? Uh, it's like a old, you know, straight-up 70s party van. It's got a bed and, you know, shag carpet and the whole thing. Oh, the nice. Inside, like going to the so. wide bodies? Like an old camper, too. Wide wow. Body, yeah, that's going to be fun for camping and taking the family around. It was great for in-town gigs. But it hasn't been running for, ooh, maybe about five or four years now so it's finally getting some love uh i don't know how i might be able to afford it but that's a whole nother question but, mm-hmm. uh, so it'll be worth it you only live once nice yeah my buddy scott who's been on this podcast a couple times he got a small uh, short bus he bought a short bus and converted it into like a camper wow and he took it all over the country um just rode this small bus around and had a bed in it and everything took his dog damn yeah cool yeah that sounds fun be oh, it's going to be fun. Be road trips. I can't wait, man. It's going to make the summer. It's going to be hot, though. No AC, but uh, I think we'll live. That's for sure. Yeah, windows we'll down. We'll be living it up. Yeah. Window, all the windows open. Every one of them. Dude, it's been getting way hotter than than I'm used to here in Colorado. Oh, yeah. <coughs> it's dusty. <coughs> I know. We could cool it down. We could open that door. No, it's fine in here now. But like it's it's, it's crazy like uh, the snow's lasting longer in the season and then it gets like super hot like the week after yeah and like the summers will be shorter to and fro so much 
it's kind of crazy with um, with the mountains being right where they are, and you know they got all those updraft. We've been having lots of lightning too. Tons of rain and lightning and thunder lately. Wow, I'm I've been amazed. It's I like it. It's been great. I I mean, I heard we're out of the drought that we've been in for like ten years. I'm sure. Finally, I'm sure. I, it, it's gotta be a huge help because, uh, man, it's been pouring lately, and it has been nice, hasn't it? It's been fun. Feels good. Mm-hmm. It does make it quite humid. It's been more humid around lately, yeah. But it's nice. Like, it's I'm walking fun. around during the day, and it feels like I'm in California. I love it. Like, 70s, 80s. No one humid. can say that it it doesn't feel good at this climate. I mean, yes, it does get a bit a bit on the hot, but um, we got it so good with the amount of sun and the really pretty mild. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get up to the mountains anymore? Not as much. I wish, you know. Yeah, me too. Time in the city sure does eat mm-hmm. you up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm getting down to New Mexico, though, uh, twice in the next month and a half or so. Nice. Music, music's going to bring me down to, uh, you know, north New Mexico. So nice. Raton and cold beer, uh, Colfax, New Mexico. Nice. Yeah, we're going to Arizona next week to see my cousin in t- uh, Tucson. Damn. And uh, it's going to be really, really hot. It's over 100 right there right now. It's like 108, 109, but um, we're staying at my great aunt's place, and she's got a pool, so oh, yeah. we're just going to be dipping in that for sure, and then hanging out with my cousin. You better be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either inside or in that pool. Hopefully riding some dirt bikes, too. Yeah, in between the pool and the mm-hmm. sucking up the AC. Yeah, Tucson gets... Dude, I hate Arizona. Other other than that, it's like I was born intense. in Tucson. Oh, wow. But... Moved to New Mexico when I was like one, one and a half. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so I don't remember it that much. But every time I go there, it is so freaking hot. I'm surprised some people can do it. Mm-hmm. It is in- truly intense. It's, uh, it is damn, damn well too hot for me. Yeah. I mean, I can handle Colorado and New Mexico, but mm-hmm. Tucson's, I think, a level up on those two. Have you lived ever lived anywhere else besides New Mexico and Colorado? Texas for four years. Texas, Dallas, Texas. For... Texas is, I mean, you. I don't know. Every time I go to Texas, I expect it to be like really hot, but it's always pretty nice down there. It's not too bad. Like, yeah, I feel like it pretty it temperate. Probably gets a little bad in Houston and stuff, being coastal and humid. Yeah, I bet that gets intense. Where's but Dallas in in? I feel like Dallas is kind of central. Oh, it's central. Central northish. Because if you're coastal, I think you're gonna be you're gonna be in for some some really stupid hot days, but not that crazy dry like hair hair dryer feeling of Arizona, where it's just the driest heat blasting at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, desert is it's for the it's for this, a certain breed, my friends. Mm-hmm. Not Ooh. me, not me. That's why I, I, I don't know how people can, like, live in Vegas. Yep. It's right in the middle of the fucking desert. Oh, Vegas, too, huh? Mm-hmm. I guess Vegas gets damn hot, too, but doesn't Arizona get always worse, I wonder? Well, dude, didn't you just play a show at the Sand Dunes? Yeah. I've never been there, but I've, I've been, like, within seeing distance. Like, I could see them from Crestone, Colorado, right. when I've been there. Uh, I've always wanted to go to the Sand Dunes National Park. You'd love it. You and your wife would love it. 
It looks amazing. It is beautiful stuff. Uh, you should go to uh, some events out there, but you should also just go, you know, just you two. But um, like camping, camping. I heard yeah. the stars mm -hmm. out out there in the desert. Super nice. You're gonna have a blast when you go. And it was nice to go when the it was surging, so the Kawara was really high. Um, I think from a lot of runoff, snow runoff, I guess. Nice. Well, if this moisture continues, it's going to be a hell of a snowboard season next year, and we got to go. Mm -hmm. <coughs> My buddy lives up in uh, Leadville, and I that's like pretty far up there. Good old Leadville. It's yeah, yeah it's past it's the highest. I think it's the highest uh, town. It's pretty high. Highest town. Uh, in the you know that that town nation. was that town was supposed to be the capital of Colorado. Right. Instead of Denver. It's too high. Yeah. People are like, no way. I went wakeboarding up there at the highest uh, standing lake uh, in Colorado. Do you know a cool name of Leadville? I think it's also known as Cloud City. Cloud City. Because it's the highest town. It is definitely in the, the highest US? town. I think so. Colorado. Really? I think it's the U.S. We should probably look that up before we just blurting out random facts. Yeah. Well, sorry, sorry, folks. To this. Yeah, this is this is not where you come for um, factual. This is more, this is for entertainment purposes only. Only no factual matter, <laughs> no parties observed. Um, believe or stand by any of this. This is all just. No, this is all made up, fabricated. For your entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's the weed talking mm -hmm. only. This isn't even weed. It's tobacco. Yep. Not even tobacco. Mm -mm, it's not even tobacco. It's fake. Yeah. It's actually this is sh photoshopped. Yeah, man, I like uh, I like this space in here. This is nice. I remember some of these posters from back in the day. Some Frank Zappa. Yeah. And this one's crazy. What did you say? This is a came from a real nice fellow's house up in North Denver, Globeville. This is in a really old. Uh, House, and I think some Russian descent. It looks almost like it, if Tom Green, you remember Tom Green? Yeah. If Tom Green were a centaur. Oh, shit. Wow. With a spear and all these like uh, floating geometric shapes. I should get him to sign it. I bet he would. It's crazy. I bet he would, too. Mm-hmm. And then he'd poop on it or something. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, he would just wipe his bow with it or something. It was crazy. Crazy cow, right? Mm -hmm. Don't try to watch. Um, what was his kind of solo big movie? Not Road Trip. Freddy but got fingered. That might be the one. Yeah, it's just. I like that good, movie. Oh really? I was gonna say good luck trying to recap that one. I don't know if it's as timeless as we all <laughs> wish it was, but yeah, I maybe seen it, it is. a long time. Ooh. But I remember try watching that now. Mm -hmm. I'll see if it's. It could still be great. I remember watching it back in high school. I think that's good. Was it ever great? Is another question, but I'm yeah, was be, it ever? I want now want to be in trouble saying that. But he was ahead of his time in comedy. I guess he he's from was, Canada huh? too. Canadian fellow. Canada just did a whole bunch of drug policy reform stuff too. Canada. Have you ever been there? No, I'd love to go. Me too. I don't know if they'd. Uh... Yeah, I would love to go there. I would love to go there. Either go backpacking up there or just go to like some of the big cities and just check it out. I'd love to have it. 
I'd love to go if they'd have me. Mm-hmm. No, they'd let me in. I think, uh, what, what is the deal, though? It's apparently uh, sometimes tough to get in there. I've noticed for a lot of friends uh, in and out of bands and traveling to and fro across the border. But um, if you have any sort of... <coughs> definitely, if you have any sort of felony, you can't go in. But I think... Right. Um, not that that's a problem. I'm not a felon, but uh, thank God. But... Um, if you have even, a, I think, of a driving offense, um, alcohol-related driving offense within something like within three years, mm. they won't even let you in. Hmm. Just they have they a bunch of like weird might laws like that do too. Do some strange repeat offender stuff in there. Right. And that's, you know, Isn't that weird? How like you can't leave the country if you're a felon, right? Oh yeah. But when but if you're like trapped within this country, you get like. Treated like shit, low opportunities, like hard to find jobs, yeah. like stigmatized, right? And you can't get out either. Ain't this boogie a mess? Right, can't vote, right? Ooh, it, it's definitely, um, it's gotta suck to be a felon. It's gotta be uh, a real, oh god, I bet it's so much harder to to get around with some stuff. Um, can't own firearms. Such a disadvantage, and they, they want it that way, I mean. By they, I mean it's terrible. the system wants it that way. That's how the system works. But yeah. It's terrible. I, this must be really tough to write to get a job, much less anything else. But uh, rent a car, I'm sure. I wonder if you can even rent a car. Probably not. Probably not. How did I feel like, well, you were... You have to uh, ride a bus. And you, right? That's it. You were a sociology major, right? Yep. So that's the study of populations, correct? Mm. Yeah, a study of people in, in general sense. But like in large groups. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you probably have a totally different perspective than I do. Like when you hear of news or see trends uh, on the news or something, like that's probably turning your brain in a different way than it does with mine. Because my direction was like psychology, so mm-hmm. I, I was like seeing more of like the individual mm-hmm. and why individuals do certain things or small groups. I, I think like they're so similar yeah. though. No, they totally are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just on different like scales. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, true. But really interesting, and I I bring that up because, um, you know, we're talking about the systems that are kind of broken and that leave that leave people who make simple mistakes like disadvantaged for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I first started learning about the systems and the broke how, like how the systems are broken in my mm-hmm. undergrad. Like with some mm-hmm. of the classes that I took, right? Oh, right. Um, like psych courses or philosophy courses or whatever. Um, I'm sure you got some exposure there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's when I got disillusioned with the whole the whole uh, status quo mm-hmm. as it was, you know? Yeah, I think that's probably when I you too? feel in the same way too. Right. Yeah. It's crazy that that's, that's an amazing, like, side effect that a lot of people get from college. Right. It's like, hey, you learn a lot of stuff, but you're also awakened to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So a lot of realities. You see a lot of um, class division and, mm-hmm. you know, and broken parts of the system. Mm, you do. You sure do <clears throat> in, in a university or, in, or, yeah, in any sort of schooling, really, uh, especially college versus First public high school and stuff. God, I mean, you gotta wonder what public schooling is gonna be like in 
15 years and I'm I'm forced to really wonder lately too it's just mm-hmm. maybe premature but you know with with a daughter I wonder um, yeah I wonder what it'll be like in 15 I mean right now it seems already, already pretty uh, volatile and maybe not so safe um, but uh, I guess we had it probably good even then uh, 15 years ago um, or no longer than that obviously it's been even longer since we've been in high school, but yeah, uh, who knows? Maybe it'll all be just metal detectors and straight up, uh, hmm. you know, armed guards. Or who knows what it'll be like? Well, I think we'll manifest whatever we think <coughs> is gonna happen. I I truly believe that. I think if the people, like as a consensus, yeah. as a large group of people population if a large group of people don't want certain things to happen in our society like we will have the courage to like not i want to say rise up and rise against you know oppressors but um but it's it's not so much that it's not like a violent act but we will you know Mm -hmm. i feel like we'll have the courage to stand up and say, look, this is wrong, you can't do this, and we're not going to allow you to do this anymore. Yeah, sure hope it won't be as, you know, whew, as intense as that. Uh, but apparently, yeah, I mean, I, I notice a lot of parents these days, like, are legitimately scared, you know, for their kids going so, off yeah. to school on a daily basis. I'm like thinking, wow, that's something else. I mean, that's not something I don't think my parents had to worry about that much. Or... You know, when your parents, our parents were kids, I don't think they had to necessarily worry about going to school. Oh, you know. No, they'd leave us at the bus stop in the morning. Oh, good call. Yep. Leave you out there, just hanging. Of course, you'd Mm -hmm. be there sometimes 30 minutes before the bus Mm -hmm. and just hanging loose. But, uh, and yeah, that's when you sometimes got in trouble, but that's when you learn to to live. And, um, yeah, I hope, you know, hope that wonderful innocence that never, you know, never does pass. I hope we can all. I'll keep it together, but it's like, yeah. Hmm. So you meet, you run into other parents who are like genuinely, yeah, <coughs> afraid and yeah. Do they know people, or do they have like experiences yeah. where they have like had issues? I just think it's so frequent now, you know. People being unsafe at school due to you know firearms making it in and being used. Hmm. Um, I think it's just happening so frequently where. You just have to think about it so much, and um, it happened so close to home for so many Denverites. Maybe you know where. Well, dude, we had we, that last one wasn't even long ago. Well, we were in high school when Columbine happened. True. Right. And we was, got a fir- yeah. yeah, we got a front row seat to that. Right. You were. I was just. Uh, I was almost here. I came the year. I came to oh, town okay. here like, oh, maybe a year later. Oh, but okay. I was, you know. Uh, at the neighboring school right after, so I even felt the ripple of it um, a year sure. later. Yeah. yeah. You were right there, too. Yeah. yeah. You were here. Yeah. You weren't at that school, but you were uh, in a different county, but still close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that last one, too, I mean... The Aurora one? Yeah. Or even more recent? Oh, I think Aurora, yeah. That's a bit... I mean, that's one of the hugest and biggest... That's a big one. And, you know, so recent... Um, but from what I've heard, like, uh, the statistics show that school shootings haven't actually gone up. Oh, right. That it's just the pub, uh, the publicity 
around school shootings has increased. Like, um, instead of them happening at the same rate and only getting reported on every once in a while, like now, it's like a key topic. So yeah. as soon as one happens, there's like tons of media coverage about it. Mm. And it's on every single one. So it seems like there's a lot of school right. shootings, but re- but really it's just a lot more I bet publicity. There is, though. I wonder, you think so? Yeah, I bet there is. Um, I wonder, unfortunately, but... Uh, yeah, I wonder. I feel like, yeah, the reporting probably is more um, immediate and, uh, you know, they're, they're wanting to review as much as we can and put it out there to hopefully change it up. But um, I, bet it, I bet it's more happenstance, you know, because mm-hmm. we're more commonplace are, yeah. So overall, with a sociologist type mindset, right? And this yeah. is where I really want to like get because, into you know, your brain. Like, well, think about the nineties. There were there were way less. Yeah. Way oh, less school shootings. Yeah. yeah. Or let, well, there was no internet either. True. So there was no access to seeing school shootings all Would over the country the papers, or all over though? the world. They would have been in the papers. Not from other states. You yeah, think? Probably. Yeah. New York Times, and or, I mean, not just New York Times, but a bunch of other hmm. publications. I bet it is unfortunately more hmm. commonplace now, but let's hope that changes, man. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it's just like, you know, uh, hopefully everyone keeps it together more. How do you see the country stuff. going, man? I think I think the good always prevail, and mm-hmm. me too. You know, if we can stay, I hope most people agree that you know, um, the war is not not ever the answer, and uh, we can keep keep to goodwill I'm sure but uh, we definitely need a new president as soon as possible that's for sure that's a good step are you interested you know? in anybody in particular oh my god anyone but this one right mm-hmm. but uh, we shouldn't go too deep into this but mm-hmm. you know he's it couldn't be any worse I don't think for for this country than, than that guy and his his droogs but uh, that is my opinion mm-hmm. well I think at least he's he's that, helping though. to point out a lot of the flaws in the system, mm-hmm. right? He's making a lot of the flaws glaringly obvious, right? Yeah. Whereas before they might have been like hidden with an Obama in there or something or a, you know, a Bush or, you know, even Clinton keeping certain aspects of you know, secret stuff going on a secret. Yeah. And Trump's just kind of like all out there tweeting everything and like he's making all these holes like glaringly obvious so at least we know like yeah where we need to fix things in he's the next such, round yeah he's such a big hole himself though it's got to be you know he is it all yeah. stems from that you yeah know? it's a horrible horrible person to be up there hmm. it's a shame it's i'm going for shame. this uh this woman coming out of uh, hawaii oh no she okay nice yeah we'll see but yeah, you let the games begin again, right? It seems always so. Uh, oh man, it does, it does seem a little rigged, uh, especially with how the last one went again. But for ooh, sure, it's got to change for the better, though, right? I mean, when you're at the bottom, you can't go any lower. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's how that one goes. That's to be, that's to be uh, happy about, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> amongst many other things. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know it sucks. As, as dire and weird and uh, turbulent as some of these things are, you can't let these things uh, control you in the end. You know, you can't let it. You can't let them get you down. You can't. You know, it sure does hit close to home sometimes, but yeah, at the end of the day, 
you know. At the end of the day, none of it even matters. Can't polish up a turd, you know, and that that's one that's one that would be the hardest to do anyway. So mm. you're right, man. It doesn't in the end. You know, you gotta breathe first, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, have a sip of water and a touch of the old jazz cabbage. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to. So that's that's the that's the parting advice. That's parting advice. Uh-huh. As Hunter's Thompson would say, three staples he loved in his life: grapefruit, beer, and marijuana. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm wearing this shirt today, Thompson for sheriff, from his uh, 1970 campaign in Aspen, Colorado. I think he might tribute. Have had his cigarettes in there too. That might have been a, f- a fourth one that he was really a fan of. Yeah. But well, in the, look, in his symbol right in the middle of the fist is a peyote button. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His man loved his loved his substances. He was a gonzo. The true. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for being on the show today, man. I really appreciate it. It was fun hanging in the garage. Yeah, of course. It's good to see you. Yeah, as always. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for all you guys out on YouTube and for all you guys uh, listening out there, um, take it easy. And uh, we'll see you guys at the next episode. Have a good night. Wow, what a great show. Um, Thanks again, Matt, for coming on. And it was an amazing chat. Great to see you again Uh, next time. Let's not wait wait so long to to do this. So I want to thank everybody for continuing to listen and like and share our podcast. And uh, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, Some great stuff over there. So until next time, this is Shane LeMaster signing off for Conversations with the Mind. Be good to each other and continue that search. Peace.